the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before man are life and death, good and evil. Whichever he chooses shall be given him. As a young boy, it was clear, especially with many older people arguing about many important things, that staying out of the argument was usually the safe course of action. It taught me to keep my mouth shut until I was pretty sure I knew what I was going to say and that it was going to stand up to scrutiny. But uh, especially with regard to choosing a vocation, which admittedly was on my mind as of third grade, but became more of an urgent matter in high school and in college, that playing it safe was not a safe option, that there were certain things that would have to be decided. And that going along with either marrying and being a husband and a father or being a priest, there would be serious obligations, which no one could shirk. Decisions had to be made about what's good and what's bad, what should be promoted, what uh, should not be permitted, especially moral questions, philosophical questions, theological questions, can't be avoided. Before us is good and bad, life and death. And refraining from making a decision is tantamount to making a decision. I read you the short form of the gospel. Um, It's a bit of Swiss cheese, but you can read all of chapter 5, 20 to 37. Uh, The moral teachings are very clear. They're familiar to you. What's decisive is that our Lord makes it very clear, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You may very well be a good citizen. You may very well uh, get high marks for uh, good behavior. But the kingdom of heaven demands goodness that is not just external. It requires of us holiness, interiorly conforming to the plan of God, understanding his goodness, accepting it, and asking to be transformed by his grace so that our thoughts, our affections, what we choose, what we love, is good. It is a struggle at times to be good. It's a struggle even to... Uh, uh, to make sure that our external behavior, our actions, our words are good and pleasing to the Lord. But the Pharisees were able to do that. The scribes were able to do that. The kingdom of God is about being holy. That understood then, we, we realize there is a way that we talk to believers because believers need help in growing holiness to go to heaven. When we talk to non-believers, 
we acknowledge at the same time that that goodness and happiness and joy are not simply a matter of controlling external activities, but also a matter of internal order. The church, even in her voice, as she speaks to governments and as she speaks to non-believers, acknowledges that there is a goodness that everyone can recognize and should be promoted, even by the voice of the church. An example of that, uh, successful or not, is uh, the Pope's letter on the Amazon, which was released this past Wednesday largely concerned with the, uh, the material condition, the social condition of the people there, Catholics and non-Catholics, Christians and non-Christians. Some of it had to do with uh, the evangelization of souls and, and bringing people to Christ and how well that is going. But it largely concerned the, the natural welfare, the material and social welfare of the people who, whose boundaries are are in several different countries. Our bishops also have a voice, whether it be to voters or to legislators. And so today I'm trying to be brief because I, I want to make sure that it's, the message isn't um, obscured. I want to be brief because I need to bring to your attention things that are going on in Richmond. Through the bulletin and through Facebook, I occasionally mention to you organizations that track what's going on in Richmond and lend some help in magnifying your voice so that it's easy for you to contact legislators in the Senate and in the House. In the vestibule expanded mudroom lobby narthex are, I think, about 50 copies of this um, sheet that I printed from the Virginia Catholic Conference. The Family Foundation of Virginia has, uh, in the last day or two, expanded its uh, urgency with regard to the legislation that um, is at question. Senate Bill 868, House Bill 1049, and House Bill 1663. They have to do with sexual orientation and gender identity, making them protected classes in various areas of state law, specifically housing, employment, public accommodations, public contracts, and other matters. The Family Foundation of Virginia and the Bishop Virginia Catholic Conference rightly bring our attention to this because the aim of legislators is, is quite obviously deliberately targeted or among its targets, is specifically religious schools and churches, making no accommodation for them whatsoever. Understandably, um, in trying to um, take on a strategy that's uh, least likely to fail, you could say, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt, these religious organizations are seeking not a defeat of the bill, which would make sense, but merely an exemption for religious organizations. 
you've heard me before probably talk about my frustration with the, the church's voice being curtailed. If something's bad for us, that means it's bad. We shouldn't merely be seeking an exemption for us as though being religious is an excuse for having a different set of rules. But it, what I want to stress is that before us is life and death, good and evil. And what we choose not only affects us, it affects everyone. We are each other's keepers. We are charged with each other's welfare to one degree or another. And so the, 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 the fine point for emphasis is that it is morally imperative that we are aware of what's going on in our state capital, and what the government proposes to do in our name. To know about it takes a great deal of effort, and, and very few of us are experts in it. We may have higher than usual proportion of attorneys, but even still, a good attorney knows that if it's in their specialty, if it's in their field of research, they can comment on it competently. But if not, then they'll refrain and they'll, they, they will have to find help. What, how does this read? Does this make sense? How will this be implemented? So by no means am I saying that everyone has to become an expert in everything, but we have to make an effort. A moral decision is about to be made that reflects on our conscience. When the government acts in our name, we have to realize being an innocent bystander is not a category. We either support it or we don't. We either want it to happen and are glad that the government is doing this in our name or we object, one or the other. Staying out of the argument is a decision. It's a choice. And it's a choice to consent to what's happening in our name unless we object. If you've um, heard me comment about my own opinions about things, you know that there are lots of things that the government does that I object to that I know are matters of my opinion, and I don't inflict them on you from the pulpit. I am pretty certain there are people who don't come to church here anymore because they would want me to denounce things that the government is doing that I regard as matters of opinion. But where, where what's going on isn't a matter of opinion, then, then believers have to be informed and have to act. After the 5 o'clock mass yesterday where today was a similar number of people in attendance, uh, of the 40 flyers that I put out, there was one left. It's better than in other, uh, other moments uh, when I've encouraged people to, uh, to take something that uh, needs our attention. There's fewer copies out there today. Uh, I would encourage you to... Um, to learn uh, and to seek those sources that are, that are helpful. 
The church isn't using its voice to tell people that they must go to church on Sundays. And sometimes the shepherds of the church squander their voice by talking about things that are matters of opinion. As people who believe in God and trust in God, and who also tend to trust that good things will provide for us, and that uh, especially as people who know that Christ established a church that will prevail against the gates of hell, we have an added confidence that somehow there will be some larger entity that prevents those bad things from happening. Our adversaries have no such guarantee, which is why they are so determined and so active to pursue their ends, and why they find in us sometimes people who are sluggish and naive, because somehow we trust that God will spare us. God puts us in place to be each other's keeper and to choose between life and death, between good and evil. And so whether it be St. Thomas More or the Japanese martyrs or St. Peter and the first martyrs of Rome or those who are suffering in China right now or pick a continent and pick a century, the Christians who, who, who believe the gospel and live the gospel, who know that it's not just a matter of refraining from doing evil deeds, but becoming holy interiorly in our heart, in our soul, in our mind, know that it's, it's never expect, acceptable to be indifferent. So I urge you to know what's going on and and to to find ways to support what our bishop and our bishops are doing, Um, especially when they're using their voice on on matters that deserve the the full throat of the church. And we ask the Blessed Virgin to make our efforts successful and also to, to bring heavenly help that the angels and the saints and the heavenly host uh, make our imperfect efforts successful. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.